friends, I'm not entirely sure what our dear Uncle Joe was on when he made this comment, it's time for Americans to get back to work and fill our great downtowns again. Firstly, I got real problems with the statement back to work. I don't know what you think we've been doing, but we've been working. What you're not going to do is downplay the hard work that Americans have been doing to keep this economy afloat during a freaking pandemic and under a whole lot of stress. Just because we did it from home does not mean we weren't working. Please, let's not do that and fill our great downtowns again. Trust me, bro. You can fill downtown with piss for all we care. We are working. We are productive. We are spending time with our families. We have more work-life balance. We're not trying to go back to an office. What you should be focused on is how you can utilize those buildings downtown for other great reasons, for other great uses, how to expand remote work, and thirdly, how you can cancel my damn student loans, Uncle Joe. Okay? Okay? Yo, does this say fill downtown with piss? Yo, she ain't lying though. Sis, sis hit a couple of things right on the head. Number one, we been working. What what the hell is Fire Marshal Bill talking about? Sending us back to work again, back to work, motherfucker. We been working, like she said. We are productive. We really are. She said we have work life balance. All the shits y'all have us sitting in these HR seminars for hours, PowerPoint slides, telling us how to have a work-life balance. Meanwhile, you got us in the motherfucker five days a week, 40 plus hours. Since hit it on the head, we are productive. We have a work-life balance. We're spending more time with our family and or our pets, which in turn is making us better employees right because we're nurturing and pouring into all the things that we love and all the things that we care about the things that help us live longer more fulfilling lives when you isn't that the type of employee you want no it's clear what you want a clock puncher a field tender a backbreaker a slave (laughs) it's just some shit that um, is as American as American pie (laughs) and America will not let it go what's up y'all thank you for tuning in to another week another episode of the hunger podcast a society and culture podcast from a black ass queer ass perspective I'm your host and producer Eric Cole a.k.a. B.K.A. Tennis Bay. You can find the show on your favorite podcasting and social media platform by searching at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Click the bio link to subscribe and also to get notifications when new content drops. That link will also give you direct access to the Hung Up Pod merch store. 
purchase a Relax Your Shoulder shirt or hoodie to show your love and support for the show. This week, I'm hung up on a group down there in Florida, mostly black group, down there in Florida called Diving with a Purpose. I came across this National Geographic article last week, and the title of the article is The Search for Lost Slave Ships Led This Diver on an Extraordinary Journey. But the really this group, um, Diving with the Purpose, they're, they're sole mission is to tell the truth and to reckon and confront our history and they feel like so much of it is in the water at the bottom that makes a lot of sense so much history so many things took place and didn't even make it to the americas or to the caribbean and you know all the other places that africans were taken diving with a purpose i'm hung up because these people volunteer. They're down in South Florida, like I said. They just volunteer, and there's a connection with the African American Museum in D.C. I don't really know how it's all connected, but I'm not. I'm not surprised. We also learn about in that YouTube documentary about Dr. Albert Jones. He's considered to be the dean of African American divers, and he heads up the National Association of Black Scuba Divers. I didn't even know such a thing existed. But these folks are all determined to dig up and tell the missing parts of our story. I mean, you see them diving down, locating bodies, and then creating these dedications, really like a headstone. Because the sea is a burial ground for so many stolen Africans that will never know their name, will never know their faces. But... For a lot of them, we do now, and it's because of this group. So they're going down there, they're placing headstones and creating um, statues with dedications to these people, and they're doing this all underwater. And that's not even half of what they're doing. I think it's really cool. I'm hung up. Go on YouTube, check the video out. Again, it's called These Divers Search for Slave Shipwrecks and Discover Their Ancestors, and it's by National Geographic. And I'll put it on... The if you go to the Hunger Pod Insta page, click on the bio link. I'll also have the link in there. I'm hung up. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. This week, I sit down with a really good friend of mine and frat brother John P. Turner, who is the CEO and partner of Boomaye. Bumaye is spelled B-O-M-A-Y-E. They can be located at bumaye.org. And their mission reads, Our mission is to provide underserved communities with access to medical marijuana. We accomplish this mission by providing medical marijuana card signups and supplying cannabis products and paraphernalia. Bumaye seeks to end economic exploitation and systemic poverty by partnering with community organizations to provide social justice programming throughout the year. If anyone listening has any questions after the interview, feel free to DM them to the show, or you can email the show at hunguppod, that's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, at gmail.com. All right, enjoy the show, y'all. Thank you. 
this morning? Please don't bother me. Hunga family, I'm excited and I would like to introduce you to John, John Turner, CEO of Bumaye. Welcome to the Hunga Podcast. Thank you for having me, Eric. I'm really excited to be here. What's up, John? <laughs> <laughs> we in the building. We in the building. Yes. Thank you for having us. You know, it's, uh, it's always good to talk about how we're impacting the community. So thank you for allowing us to use your platform to do that. That's what that's what the Hunger Podcast is all about. So thank you for being here. Um, and also 06 to my to my good 06. brother. 06 to my good brother right here. Not just my yes, frat brother, yes. but my line brother. So you know that's yes. a that's a special, special kind of connection. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. You were actually, you were the ace. I was the deuce. I mean, that's, it can't get no closer right. than that. <laughs> one, in, one and two, one and two. One yes, and two. Sir. Absolutely. So here we are back again, one and two. Again, welcome to the Hunger Podcast. We are happy to have you here. I'm happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself and also let the people know where they can find you on social media. Okay. So my name is John P. Turner. Um, I serve as the CEO of Bumaye. I'm also a licensed social worker in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and I'm qualified to um, have you be diagnosed with a condition that qualifies you for a medical card. Now, we like to drive traffic to our social media because our website is under construction. So you can find us at Bumaye USA on Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, and I love the Instagram page. Um, I'm looking at it right now, Bumaye, addressed as they, them, health and wellness website. We get you approved for a medical marijuana card in just two days, 100% online, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, hashtag Black Lives Matter. So you're clearly stating what you're all about, health and wellness, what you stand for, the community, where you're at, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And you even have a little bit of uh, political justice in there, Black Lives Matter. Tell us about Bumaye, how we got to this point of Bumaye existing. What was your purpose? What was your motivation uh, to, get, to get to where you are? And, and I wanted to say officially, like, and, and here on my show, congratulations. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you. I remember when you first started this and you had two followers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now here you are, you've really just grown um, and expanded. Um, you're an ambassador. You're bringing the health and wellness into there. You're throwing some really awesome events that I can't wait to talk to you about. So I just wanted to say officially, congratulations, brother. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, the the way I got into this industry is my mom. She was a um, two-time cancer survivor and my family in general just has a history of mental illness. So, you know, when I sought out my own treatment through medical marijuana, I said, well, I'm sure that there's a lot more people who need something like this. So as a social worker, you know, I'm trained to try to assess the situation and resolve whatever the issue is as best as possible. I'm sorry, brother. Okay, wait. So hold on. Back up just a little bit. Skirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because no I think you just said a, re- a really relatable point. You you said that you were struggling with mental health. Yeah. And yeah. 
you know, I've known you for a little bit and, and I can say that I'm sure that you've tried some different avenues before you ended up at this junction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And a lot of people are in that scenario where they don't want to be on a pharmaceutical medication, so they go without. And what happens is they start suffering the, you know, the risks of mental illness, mm-hmm. not wanting to get out of bed, not eating, poor relationships with people, un- unable to get through a shift at work. So when I'm talking to people, Eric, about their symptoms, these are some of the things that they mentioned to me. They'll say, well, you know, my anxiety is affecting my work. It's affecting my sleep, my appetite, my social relationships. And when I'm sitting at a dispensary tabling, Eric, and people will come in in wheelchairs with no hair or eyebrows, crutches, canes, it really brings it full circle to me about how much of an impact that we're making. So the reason why I describe those scenarios is because, you know, some of the qualifying conditions for medical marijuana include PTSD, anxiety, chronic pain, migraines, autism, uh, irritable bowel syndrome. So these are really significant ailments that people are experiencing without a form of treatment that they'll maintain. You know, people get prescribed medications and then they feel better and stop taking them and then they start up with their symptoms again. So that's why I'm in the field and that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm more than happy to answer the rest of your questions. So, you know, this is a good conversation and, you know, I, I would love to talk in so many directions. So, you know, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So you really this, you know, medical marijuana was your savior in a sense. Um, yeah. it, it bought you some st- stability in your life, some peace, some some wellness, some mental wellness. Definitely. And Definitely. so you 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 felt that amazing that you said, you know what, I, I can't own this by myself. I can't own this experience alone. I have to share this. And that's when you started this journey with Bumaye. Um and you have expanded. You you started out in New Jersey, and now you've expanded into Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah. So we have an expansion plan, a very aggressive expansion plan. So right now we're we started out in New Jersey. Now we're in Pennsylvania. Um, we're currently looking at the market in New York because um, in New York City, uh, cannabis is legal. But when you go outside of the city, throughout the state. Um, people still need a medical card. So that was something that I learned by going to different um, events in the industry. So, you know, thinking full circle, I'm like, well, I'm sure that there are a lot of people in that state of New York who need help. So our expansion plan is based on how many dispensaries are in the area. So we do market research through weed maps and some other platforms to see what the volume is in terms of how many people are reaching out to us from each state and also what the law is. Can we actually help people to get their medical card? Because sometimes states have recreational status where you don't need a card to get access to the product or they might not have a medical program at all, such as in Tennessee. There's one CBD shop for the whole state and it's located near the airport. So think about how many people in the state of Tennessee, for example, are suffering 
are being incarcerated because they're trying to get access to their medicine, but the state doesn't recognize medical marijuana patients. So how do you see this impact as, as, you know, states are becoming more lax with uh, recreational laws? Do you see a medical marijuana card as still being beneficial in, in that kind of market? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the first benefit of getting a card is to um, it's, it's about the legality of it. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a card and you're stopped with product on you, you're going to jail or you're getting a citation or a ticket, depending on where you are. Now, people of color, and I'm sorry to go into this, but you started me up, Eric. <laughs> um, people of color are disproportionately affected by the war on drugs. Now, when you're in this space, it's not just about getting people some weed to smoke. It's really about social justice. The reason why I say that is because people get incarcerated every day for something that big companies are making millions on. And a lot of these companies, the faces of these companies that are making all these millions are usually white. Yeah, definitely. You're sitting there thinking, what's happening? Because we still have so many black and brown folks who are in jail for just some of the most pettiest of crimes when it comes to marijuana. Prisons are businesses. And it's a business that supports so many careers. It supports uh, parole. It supports a probation officer. It supports the sheriff's department. So there are a lot of different um, positions that are funded through the mass incarceration of black and brown people. So I don't really see that part changing. But what we can do is to turn off the faucet and stop having new people be incarcerated by getting them a medical card. And Eric, you know, I really like to discuss the propaganda behind marijuana in the USA. So all throughout a couple of years, 60 to 80 years, propaganda started that said users of marijuana are criminals. You're a demon. It's negative. There is no medical benefit to medical marijuana. I think about it like this, Eric. You know of CMOS, right? CMOS, like, yeah. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, At first I was uh, thinking, like, wait, am I, is this a deep question or like no, a no, question? No, no, no. <laughs> well, listen, listen. Yeah. Think about CMOS, right? Yeah, yeah. Think about CMOS being made illegal to use. That's what happened with marijuana. Marijuana is a plant. It doesn't have to be altered. You can't mix chemicals together to create it. And there are a whole host of ailments that it treats, just like CMOS. CMOS has those benefits, but there is no propaganda that says users of CMOS are bad. They're negative. There is no medical benefit. So literally, Eric, we can take this case and apply it to so many different things that people use. You already know alcohol prohibition. During that period, people who used alcohol were negative. Mm. They were demons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the, yeah. Thing, the thing that kind of determines whether people get incarcerated for using something is the legality of it. So literally, Eric, you can get locked up in this state for 
I'm just saying a state in general. You can get locked up in state A for having medical marijuana, go across the state lines, it's not a crime. You won't get incarcerated. So I like to bring this to people's attention that, you know, do some research into medical marijuana. Don't listen to the propaganda. Don't think that there are no medical benefits because that's why dispensaries exist in the first place, to give people medicine. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of this propaganda is what fueled the war on drugs that we saw um, many, many decades ago. And I just, you know, as you're talking, I Googled marijuana propaganda and it's just interesting to see these ads. It's um, first of all, they spell marijuana with an H. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you why they did that. Yeah. They did that to associate marijuana with hispanic people that's why they changed the spelling hmm. when the propaganda first came out they tried to make it look like it was a spanish word hmm. so that's propaganda in itself i just wanted to mention that to Thank you. you for that yeah and no I problem at all it's interesting um you see assassin of the youth teenage yep. dope slaves pot yep. opens the door and it's a picture of um, someone holding a needle as someone's opening in this dark door. Uh, right. You see reefer madness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Weird, and weird, weird orgies, wild parties, unleashed passions, marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they've been doing that throughout the years. They, they have laws based on this plant that determines whether or not you'll be incarcerated for a plant. I've heard so many stories of people who had an ounce on them, an eighth on them, being incarcerated for five to 10 years. That's crazy. Not nonviolent marijuana related charges. Now, my dad, Eric, he's an attorney. He's been an attorney for about 40 years. I used to volunteer down at the criminal justice system with him. Eric, when I tell you, most of his clients, he's a defense attorney, most of his clients were between the ages of 17 and 23, facing nonviolent marijuana-related charges. It became overwhelming to the point where I'm like, I can't, I can't sit down here no more. I can't. It's, it's really affecting me seeing people go to jail for something that people are making millions off of. It really burns me up that companies are making millions off of this plant while people of color are still going to jail behind it. Yeah, absolutely. They even have marijuana treatment programs available at different facilities. And I'm like, what? People are just making money off of this, off of people of color. They're making money off of people of color. And that's, that's what it boils down to. These mass incarcerations, like I said, are based on so many different components and it's really unfortunate that we are being sold for our body in the jail well that's really interesting so these these you know clinics and these places that are you know quote-unquote rehabilitating people who smoke marijuana i mean they're also able to subscribe and diagnose these people and counsel these people and benefit from insurance i mean that's a whole nother uh conversation but yeah there's so many layers Definitely. to it and I, and I see what you're saying so john you you know we were talking about the benefits of having a medical marijuana card and you kind of laid out 
in a few different ways the you know the legal benefit of having it are there any other benefits that you would like to mention oh yeah definitely so um, you can get different discounts for being a patient. So you might get 25% off. You might get a $10 discount. So dispensaries really try to honor um, your medical marijuana card to make it worthwhile for getting one. Because think about it, Eric, you having a medical card brings them business, which generates more um, revenue for them. So they're going to try to give as many perks as possible for cardholders. So, you know, you'll get certain perks and discounts. Um, you're always a first priority when you go to a dispensary. So if you were in a recreational state that honors your medical card, you wouldn't have to wait in line. Now that means a lot because these dispensaries get very busy. You might have 20 to 30 people inside of the dispensary at one time and waiting in line sucks. I'm just going to be honest with you. So, you know, being allowed to get to the front of the line is a really good thing and it makes you feel you know special um you also can save a lot of cash because dispensaries sell medical marijuana at a discounted rate sometimes that you might only be able to get with your card um they also will work with you if you can't afford their product um especially if you qualify for government assistance but that's not everywhere that kind of depends on the um facility um lastly is that when you get your car you have access to so many different varieties of marijuana uh thc which is the chemical component so you can get oils you can get droppers the tincture you can get gummies lotion um at different edibles flour and vape cartridges so, you know, I always try to push people towards getting their card just so that you're legal. Even if you don't go to the dispensary, you're legal and you have access to as many products as um, is available at the site. Thank you, John. You mentioned THC. Can you explain the difference between THC and CBD? Because both products are available out there. Can you can you explain? Yes, definitely. So. Um, THC is the component of marijuana that gives you that feeling of high. Um, so that helps with appetite. It helps with sleep. It helps with improving your mood, like boosting your mood. Um, whereas for CBD, CBD can come from either hemp or marijuana. Um, it's derived from hemp so that there aren't those feelings of highness from the THC component. So CBD can help with alleviating pain. It can help with improving your appetite. It can help with um, sleep as well. So if you want the feeling of high, go with THC. If you want the benefits of marijuana without the high, then go with CBD. So that's really the main difference. Um, cannabis contains over 113 different compounds known as cannabinoids. So there are two types, uh, CBD and THC are two types of components derived from cannabis. Or like I said, CBD might be from hemp as well. Well, let's talk about the process, what your business is all about, what you are a professional at, which is getting people their medical marijuana card. Describe the process and how long does it take before I get my card in my hand? 
Okay, let's jump right into it. So I want to be specific about what I'm saying because the state laws differ between PA and New Jersey. So let me tell you what I mean. For PA, our process works as um, it works as follows. So we review your medical documentation that says what your qualifying condition is. After we review that paperwork, that's day one, I send you the consents and the invoice for 149 plus tax. That's a one-time fee that covers your initial consultation. It covers your physician copay, and it covers the prescription for your actual card. Now, some companies, Eric, might charge people um, three to $500 for that same service. We're not trying to get rich, Eric. We're literally just trying to help as many people as possible while covering our overhead. So yes, we could charge a lot more and probably generate more revenue. But the question that would come to my mind is, can people afford it without duress? So is this in your budget? Do you really need it? Those are some of the questions that I ask whenever I'm interacting with the patient. Now for New Jersey, New Jersey's program is a little different. They require you to either show paperwork or to have an ongoing relationship with a doctor. So let me tell you what I mean. So some companies might charge between, what, what have I seen, 150 to 300 every three to six months to maintain a relationship with their doctor. We don't do that. We require medical paperwork upfront so that we can review your documentation and make sure you have a qualifying condition. Now, we only give you a one-time fee for the whole year. That fee is going to be $199 plus tax. Again, that covers your physician copay, it covers your initial consultation, and it covers the prescription for your car. Now, for New Jersey, your prescription lasts for one year and your medical card lasts for two years. So you'll have to renew once while you have a card. Um, the differences between the programs, New Jersey does not honor Pennsylvania medical cards. So I just like to make that clear up front that if you have a PA medical card, you cannot use it in New Jersey. And it's called reciprocity when the state recognizes your card. So, you know, some states that do include um, California, that's probably the biggest one that I think of. So in states where it's recreational, they don't always require you to show your card, um, such as in Massachusetts. Um, we go to different dispensaries, just checking them out. So they said, no, nah, you don't need your card. It's recreational here. So that's just an example. You recently had a pop-up event here in Philadelphia, and it was really dope. Um, I didn't know really what to expect because that was my first time being at an event like that. And I want you to talk about it. You know, you had a lot of vendors and it was all things CBD, THC. I learned about dabbing. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> I um, ended up getting a, like a ooze pen, like a slim. Nice. I, I, sp I spent a couple dollars, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it was also nice to see people, you know, of all, it was, you know, white folks, black folks, everybody was down there, but it was just also nice just to see, you know, my people, people who look like me. Um, 
in the business, very knowledgeable about the business. And a lot of these were partnerships. I think I only saw one person by themselves. A lot of these businesses were partnerships. A lot of these businesses were local. So can you talk about that event? Because it was really dope. And is there going to be another one? And please let the people know. Definitely. So I just want to give a shout out to Kay Walker. Um, He is an event planner in the Philadelphia area. Um, He's recognized as a leader in the industry in terms of planning different Black cannabis events. So um, the event that you came to, we sponsored, but it was organized by Kay Walker. So the next event that's coming up is a Philly Cannabis preview on March the 12th. That's going to be from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. We have over about 35 vendors who are going to be there. Um, the exact location is going to be revealed on 310, March 10th. So, you know, I encourage people who are interested in coming to the event to follow us on Instagram because we will be uh, um, promoting and sharing information related to the event. So our Instagram handle, again, is Bumaye USA. That's B-O-M-A-Y-E USA. And I'll be sure to drop your contact information in the episode notes uh, and also post it on the Instagram page so people know where to reach you for sure. Awesome. Thank you for that, Eric. I appreciate that. John, this was so dope. You gave us a little bit of knowledge, some history. We talked a little bit about political justice. I'm proud to see you as a Black man and an entrepreneur. And you you have a partner, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, Nothing can get done without a team. So, you know... My chief operating officer is a dynamic woman by the name of Natasha Griffin. Um, she definitely is a leader in her own right. Um, Shout she out to definitely, Natasha. yeah, she executes a lot of my visions in terms of who we want to partner with, where we want to be, what type of brand we want to establish with the community. Okay, and Natasha, is it sounds like a woman of the culture of the people. Is she black? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, so, it's not... I'm, I'm I just not love only that. Tra- <laughs> a black man only... and a black woman leading this. And, and this is a great cause. Like you said, you're not trying to get rich off of it. You're really just trying to help people. And yeah. um, I, I just loved having you here. Is there anything that you want to say? Anything that you want to leave the people with before you go? Yeah, definitely. So I want to mention that we do give referral bonuses, $25 a person. And that's been pretty popular um, for our company in terms of people getting excited about being able to talk about the benefits and the risks. So I said, well, let's let's compensate people who talk about our company, who talk about our services and who wants to get in the industry in some capacity. So I encourage people, make referrals, reach out. You know, let's get you some compensation for the efforts you make. Shout out to Bumaye. Shout out to Natasha and John. (laughs) You will absolutely see me at your next cannabis event, John, because I had a good time at the last one. Um, Thank you for being here. I'm hung up. Nice, nice. Thank you for having us, man. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed talking about this topic. Whenever you want us back on the show, we'll be here. Thank you, John. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you too, Eric. Please don't bother me. Thank you, John, for dialing into the Hunger Podcast. And thank you all for listening. 
You can follow and subscribe to the Hung Up Podcast by searching Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And you can contact the show by emailing hunguppod at gmail.com. I am your host and producer, Eric Cole. Hope you have a good rest of the week and weekend. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Because we're still having sales. <laughs>